The Lord be with you. In John 14, starting with verse 12, we read these words. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. For the next few weeks on Morning Mercies, we will be considering some of the basic principles of prayer as they are taught by Jesus. We have looked at the Lord's Prayer as it was taught in both Matthew and Luke for a starting place. Now we're going to venture a little further and look for the principles that shaped his praying as he taught them in other places throughout the gospel. The first of these will come from John chapter 14 and concerns the promise found in prayer when we pray in the name of Jesus. Here the Lord says that if we pray in his name, he will do it. How this has been interpreted and applied throughout the ages has led to deep disappointment, for the reality seems to be something different. There have been many prayers prayed in the name of Jesus that simply have not been fulfilled. So what's the deal? Here is a basic principle of interpreting God's word. If a piece of scripture seems plain in meaning, but does not prove true, our understanding is wrong. There are many places in the scripture, especially in the narratives, where the culture of the original audience would have understood what was being said, yet we struggle with the meaning. And this is so because we do not live in that culture, and certain words, certain idioms, carry different meanings in that original culture or language than they do today. What we see as literal might be symbolic to them, and what is today seen as symbolic could be literal to them. So if we come to something that seems problematic in the teaching of Jesus, even when it seems simple, we must look harder at the text and ask, what was its original meaning then, before we apply it to today and ourselves? In the short passage today, Jesus is talking to his disciples and a few others, and he's telling them that he is the way to and of life. The disciples had just had dinner with Christ, where he had stooped to wash their feet. When he begins to speak to them about his relationship to the Father, and how he shares that relationship with them, they are confused. He's trying to get them ready for the passion, which was to shortly come. He has mentioned this to them at several different times. And so that night, he, he finishes his talk by saying, you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas, who in his confusion and doubt, speak for all the disciples and says in response to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? This is when Jesus says to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Then Jesus tells them remarkably that if they had seen him, they had seen the Father. It is directly after this that Jesus tells them that if they ask anything in my name, I will do it. We get help towards understanding this promise when we consider the context or what precedes the promise. Jesus had been focused on the relationship he had with his Father in heaven. In regards to this relationship, Jesus reiterates several times that he and the Father are one. 
He said, if you had known me, you would have known the Father. He said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. And he said, I am the Father, and the Father is in me. What he wants the disciples to understand is that there is a unity between the Father and the Son, and that unity is of character and will. What the Father wants, the Son takes as his own will. What the Son wants is directly from the Father's heart. As the Son is true and is love and is good, so even is the Father, for they are one. There's a unity of relationship within the Trinity of God that is mysterious and beyond words. Yet that Trinity is of one essence, so that in our experience of one of its members, we know all of its members. How does this apply to the promise that Christ gave us concerning praying in his name? Simply put, that unity we find in God between the Son and the Father should be reflected in our relationship with Christ. His will becomes our will out of the love he has poured out on us and out of the love we offer up to him. We then accept his will as our own, even as he does the will of the Father. So when we pray, our heart pours forth its desires for his will to be done, to be accomplished. This is what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. Praying in Jesus' name means praying in line with the will of God. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 to 15 says this, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. Do you hear the promise in all of this? If we pray according to the will of God, he will do what we ask. Why? Because our heart is one with his son, and his son is one with him. When we say that we pray in the name of Jesus, we are one with him in what he wills, no matter what that may be. The will of God may be contrary to some strong desire of ours, or to some particular preference. But we surrender these desires and preferences to his will. It is at this very point where we struggle with this promise. We either do not know or we do not care what the Lord's will is. And so we pray instead according to our own will. You do not have, James says, because you have not asked. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. That's James chapter 4, verses 2 through 3. The word passions here is sometimes translated as lusts, something that you want at a deep level, but it's not yours to have. Lust is always self-centered, willful action, a grasping after, no matter what it's focused on. James is saying we sometimes pray in this direction and not according to the will of God. That is why so many of our prayers are not answered or answered with a flat no. A person who prays his own will is not praying in the name of Jesus. He may literally say in the name of Jesus, but if it is not according to the will and the heart of God, it's just vain, empty words about ourselves. There is something also from the Hebraic culture and language 
of the first century that needs to be understood if we're to come to a full understanding of what it means to pray in the name of Jesus. To do anything in the name of another person was to assume not only their will, but also their authority in doing it. So when we pray in the name of Jesus, not only do we do so according to his will, but also as if he was the one who was doing the asking. This seems right if we are one with him in our praying. If the unity between Christ and the believer is to have any meaning at all, it should be here. This does not, however, give us permission to demand anything from God, even if it is done in his name. Humility is the only true and right stance as we pray. To see this, let's turn real quickly to Matthew 26, verse 39, and read about Jesus in the garden. It says, And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then in verse 42, again, for a second time, he went and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass until I drink it, your will be done. The scripture says that Jesus prayed in the same direction one more time, three times total, and then returned to the disciples and his enemies who had come to arrest him. The picture of Jesus in the garden is an example of how prayer by every follower should be shaped or said. From the heart, we humbly submit our petitions in and of the will of God. Even over those passionately held personal desires, we may fervently believe that something is God's will, but not be completely sure that it is so. Then we should honestly pray that way, even as Christ did. I ask you to do this, God, but before that, I pray your will be done in my life and in this situation above everything else. Listen, such humility is the key for our praying. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, it says, The hidden things belong to the Lord our God. But the revealed things belong to us and our children forever, so that we may follow all the words of this law. What he means is that there are things that we can know through the scriptures that are plainly his will. We need to do them and pray for them. But also that verse says, That to know the will of God in a situation is often uncertain or hidden. So we must pray that God would show it to us or lead us through it. Key to these situations is that we know and let God, the Holy Spirit, guide us. So we pray, and then we go forward, even when we know not what lies ahead or what His will is. He will guide us as we surrender our will to His. This is what it means essentially to pray in his name, to pray according to the Lord's will and character. Finally, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we do it not for our credit or for our advantage, but solely for his glory. It is him and his kingdom that we seek in accordance with his will. Did you hear this in that passage above in John 14? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. It is God and His kingdom that we seek in accordance with His will. It is Him that we want to be revealed and seen and called upon. Matthew chapter 18, it says, For wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. 
When we pray in agreement for God's will, he says, amen to our praying. And as the world, our neighbors, see us praying together, they may have a revelation of the glory of God, of the love of God. What a glorious thing that is. As a way of encouragement, I want to say this to you. There are many things which are big in your heart that is God's will, always. It is God's will that that child or that spouse come into a relationship with Christ and be born again. Pray for them, for their salvation, and believe God will do it. Because he will. It is right that we pray more for our neighbors to join the church and that they would find peace with God. It is right. We are told to pray for this, for the fields are ripe unto harvest, Jesus says. So pray that God would send out messengers to them. Pray for them that they would respond to God's wooing them and to your invitations. It is right that we pray for the wisdom of our leaders, that they would know how to handle difficult situations that come their way, and that they would keep themselves from corruption. We all should pray for this because it is God's will that we would have these things. How do I know? Because it tells us what His will is for our praying in the Bible, the Word of God, at many places. There are so many places more we could mention But be encouraged. Know the will of God and pray it. Pray in the name of Jesus according to the will and character of our Lord Jesus Christ and you will receive the very things you pray for. Let us pray right now. Jesus, we come in your name to seek the Father's will for us, for our children, for our church, for our people. Bestow upon us your presence as we pray together that that this world might have a vision of your kingdom. We pray for those we love that are lost. Their days are filled with so many things, but they do not have you. And they are poor, and they don't know it. Reveal to them the riches of your mercy and grace that is available to them through Jesus Christ our Lord. We pray for the glory of your Son, that it might be seen in this world, in the love we have for one another, and in the love we have for you. We pray for the church, asking you to shower upon her your mercy, your guidance, and your joy. Let the word of God be our wisdom, and may your Holy Spirit empower her for her task of taking the good news throughout the world. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. In the name of the Lord, amen and amen.